Welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. For over 30 years, Paul Stone has been seriously handicapping college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. Over the past five seasons, spanning almost 600 releases, Paul has hit 55% against the spread in college football, gaining the respect of sports books and bettors throughout the world. He is monitored by highly respected the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul has also won two major Las Vegas football handicapping contests and finished in the top four in two others. Each week, Paul will provide exclusive handicapping insights on the podcast. To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at paulstonesports.org. Now, on to the show. Well, we're getting closer and closer to the start of the 2022 college football season. Uh, Players will soon be reporting for August practices in just a few days, so-called week zero. Uh, which features uh, Nebraska actually playing Northwestern in Dublin, Ireland, will be just four weeks away. Uh, hello once again, I'm Paul Stone, and welcome to six, uh, episode 62 rather of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Uh, this week's podcast titled, My Two Cents. Uh, as I record, it's uh, slightly past 7 p.m. Central on Wednesday, July 27th. Uh, in this podcast, I'm going to offer some random opinions uh, on all things college football, just some odds and ends uh, on a smorgasbord of teams and topics, if you will. Some you might find interesting, and some you will probably uh, vehemently disagree with. And maybe, uh, just maybe, uh, you might even agree with a few of my takes. Uh, I'm going to get right to it. I'm going to start out in the SEC West, uh, college football's premier division, hands down. And I believe I've offered this opinion on a previous podcast, but I'm going to give my two cents worth on uh, on, uh, a couple of quarterback competitions, actually quarterback competitions at both LSU and Texas A&M. First, LSU, you know, I keep hearing a lot of educated folks, uh, you know, some guys who are really close to the program who are seemingly, at least the way I'm hearing them talk, anointing Miles Brennan is LSU's starting quarterback. You know, Brennan's been in the cor- uh, been in the program rather a long time, uh, but he's only started a grand total of three games uh, back in 2020. In those three games, he beat Vanderbilt, uh, but lost to both Mississippi State and Missouri uh, by 19 points uh, in both those games. So that's his three career starts. And to be, you know, to be fair, that was an LSU team off that incredible 2019 national championship, uh, that team for the ages. And they had a lot of new guys. They probably had about a total of five starters back. A lot of guys who were inexperienced, hadn't hardly played uh, starting in those games. So, you know, that's clearly not uh, all at the feet of Brennan. You know, they wouldn't have won those games maybe even if uh, Burrow had another year to go. So certainly can't blame those uh, losses on uh, Miles Brennan. Uh, he's only started again, though, three games in his career, and certainly Joe Burrow played a role in that. Uh, and unfortunately, injuries have played a role uh, in that as well. But still, the fact of the matter is he hadn't played a ton of college football. He's only thrown uh, 201 career passes uh, across four seasons with what I would call lukewarm results. 
has a fair 13 to 6 touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, Brennan's not really a running threat, not a running threat at all. Uh, in most cases, you know, when you're going uh, on your fifth year in the same program, that type of tenure and that type of experience, I think, would constitute a significant advantage in a quarterback battle. But that's not really the case, in my opinion, with a new head coach in Brian Kelly and a new coaching staff. So who's the guy in Baton Rouge? I'm glad you asked. I think it's clearly, I shouldn't say clearly because I think it's going to be nip and tuck, but in my mind, Arizona State transferred Jaden Daniels. This is a guy who started all 29 games in his collegiate career. He's completed 62% of his career passes, 723 career attempts, a 32 to 13 uh, touchdown to interception ratio. And plus, he's an athletic guy. He can hurt you with his feet, which is really a plus, in my opinion, with these big athletic SEC defensive fronts. Those fronts occasionally get a, you know, they get a pretty big push sometimes. So a guy who's able to go head north and uh, get down the field and, con and, and really be a legitimate running threat, not only can he escape the rush, but he can also, in some cases, discourage it, giving him more time in the passing game. LSU's offensive line, you know, last year, not great by any stretch of the imagination. So I think it's really an advantage in this quarterback battle that Daniels can rush, uh, can run the football. Last year, uh, in 2021, Daniels was credited uh, with over 700 rushing yards last season. And as you know, losses count against your rushing total in college football. He actually had just a few yards under 900 rushing yards uh, net last year. He's had 13 rushing touchdowns in his career. So this is a guy uh, who's a legitimate running threat. I realize that the locals, you know, people close to the program have an affinity for Brennan. You know, he's one of their guys. He's been in the program. Uh, they've seen his, his ups and downs, and frankly, I'm sure they're rooting for him. And he's had some bad luck. There's no doubt about it. But the Tigers, they've only averaged 3.3 yards per carry in both seasons since that 2019 National Championship campaign. They need all the weapons they can get on offense. And Daniels, uh, with his running ability, his passing ability, he just adds a dimension to the offense, in my mind, that the other two guys don't. I was going to initially uh, opine that, uh, you know, Daniels might not be the uh, day one starter, but would become the starter at some point during the season. But LSU, they opened at the Superdome there in New Orleans uh, against an improving Florida State team. And that's a Seminole bunch in my mind that can unquestionably beat the Tigers. So they're going to need all hands on deck. You know, they'll need to be at their best with their best, and I think Daniels is their best option at quarterback. Uh, with that said, uh, in the spirit of full disclosure and kind of putting uh, a selection out there, I did take LSU minus two uh, over Florida State in one of my early week one bets. Uh, not one of my premium plays, uh, but I liked it enough to, uh, to lay less than a field goal in that game there in the Crescent City, which is kind of a home away from home, if you will, for LSU. I don't think Jaden Daniels uh, would have changed addresses uh, from Tempe to Baton Rouge if he got the, 
you know, got the vibe that Miles Brennan had a stronghold on the job. Uh, again, he's the superior athlete, and I believe he'll be LSU's starting quarterback from day one. Uh, now to the Texas A&M quarterback uh, derby. Like LSU, it could be a three-man race, uh, but likely boils down to two primary combatants. Uh, Haynes King, uh, he was last season's opening game starter for the Aggies, actually injured in A&M's second game of the year early in that game against Colorado and proceeded to miss the remainder of the 2021 season. So he only played a little over a game last year in 2021, and that constitutes his entire uh, college football experience. The other primary contender uh, in the A&M battle, LSU transfer Max Johnson. Uh, he's the son of former NFL quarterback Brad Johnson. Uh, Max Johnson, the Tigers' uh, starting quarterback last year, he's played a whole lot more football, uh, obviously, than Haynes King. I'm not going to break down this quarterback battle uh, as deeply as LSU's, but King, again, I'm going to look at that running game. He's a better runner. He has the benefit of having been in the Aggies program for a few years. He's been there longer than Johnson. Um, I think he's going to be the guy. Haynes King played for his uh, dad, John King, at Longview High School in the eastern part of Texas, where I'm from. Uh, Longview actually won a state championship with Haynes King uh, under center for the Longview Lobos. Uh, Brad, uh, or Max Johnson, rather, also quite a lineage in his family, uh, being the son of a former NFL quarterback. So a very interesting quarterback competition uh, in College Station as well. These two uh, quarterback competitions, in my mind, two of the most hotly contested, too close to call derbies in all of college football this year. It would not surprise me in the least uh, if all four of the guys that I've mentioned uh, got a shot early in the season uh, with the ones or the first string, uh, just to allow the coaching staffs to, you know, see them perform under fire uh, with the same starting offense. Unlike some guys in the uh, in the pod universe who seem to enjoy uh, picking off low hanging fruit and uh, offering obvious takes. That's not the case here. You know, I'm out with on both these. These are really uh, hotly contested uh, battles. You know, most of the time in today's college football with the transfer portal, the head coach will talk about the competition going into the summer, and we'll wait till the week before the, the first game and all this, knowing all well who his starter is going to be. And most everyone else knows too. But he's got to try to keep that other guy engaged and keep him engaged to keep him on the roster because it's difficult when you start losing quarterbacks who transfer out because they didn't win the starting job. So I think there's a lack of sincerity in a lot of coach speak around this time of the calendar. But these two quarterback derbies, the ones at LSU and Texas A&M, I think both coaching staffs, they might have an inkling, but I don't think either one of these quarterback battles are decided. I think far from it. I think these are two quarterback competitions that are uh, true battles and uh, both guys have a legitimate chance almost 50 50 in both cases but i'll go with uh, Jaden daniels again at lsu and haynes king at texas a&m and if i go over two you know so be it uh, now on to some other musings from paul we're going to look at the big 10 michigan uh, ranked in the top five and uh, the preseason uh, polls uh, in the minds of some pundits and certainly in the top 10 
uh, by everyone with a credible opinion. And I have the uh, Wolverines in that range as well. But th and this is not this takes not going out on a huge limb by any stretch. But Michigan's not going to be the same team in 2022 that it was in 2021. I mean, you take away edge guys like Aiden Hutchinson, uh, the number two overall pick in this spring's uh, NFL draft, and David Ajabo, uh, the other edge rusher. And then you take away a secondary leader like Daxton Hill, who was also a first-round draft pick. And the defense, they're going to allow more than what they did last year, which was 17.4 points per game. With that said, Michigan is – I'd say they're a virtual shoe-in to be favored – in its first 11 games. So they could enter the Wolverines, they could enter the season finale at Ohio State with an 11-0 record and would almost certainly in that event be ranked in the nation's top three uh, if that were the case. And I say that, and I know that's a, a you know pretty good probability, and that's despite clearly not being as good on the defensive side of the ball and uh, it says a lot of things, but they might be, uh, even though they're going to drop off a little bit, they might still probably a bit. There's a better chance, obviously, that they won't be 11 and 0. But I think they'll be favored in all 11 games leading up to Ohio State, and they could be 11 and 0. So I think that's kind of interesting there to see how the uh, Wolverines fare. Going to look at the ACC, and I maybe have mentioned this on the podcast as well, but I like Louisville to be a potential sleeper in the Atlantic Coast Conference. The Cardinals are going to play a lot of games. I want to point this out uh, as well. They're going to play a lot of games in 2022 that could go either way. Uh, they Those games have really, the last two seasons, both 2021 and 2020, those close games have gone against Louisville. Might they you know, go the Cardinals' way this time around, uh, considering they have a talented fourth-year starting quarterback in Malik Cunningham, a fourth-year head coach, and they have an offense that could be, frankly, among the nation's best. You know, this probably won't happen, but this is something else to consider. The Cardinals' first six ACC games this season could all feature a line of three or fewer points. So their first six games against ACC opponents this year, looking at their schedule, those games at some point during the week, maybe even the close, could have a line of three or less either way. So they're going to play a lot of games that could go their way or the other way. And still, I believe Louisville could surprise in the ACC. For the third straight season, the Big 12 will not have an entry in college football's four-team playoff. Uh, heck, you know, in my opinion, they might not even have a team in the wire service polls top ten entering the bowl games. Uh, I just don't think they're, they're you know, they're pretty decent uh, at the top half, but they don't really have uh, excellent teams, teams that are top five type teams. You know, Oklahoma certainly has been the Big 12's familiar face in football's Final Four uh, in the recent editions, but I think the Sooners uh, are going to fail to win the, the league again uh, this year for the second straight year. Uh, which is big news, especially when you con consider that the Sooners won the Big 12 six straight seasons from 2015 through 2020 uh, before Baylor edged Oklahoma State last year to win the crown. But Lincoln Riley, it's been 
well chronicled that he's gone to USC. Uh, and believe it or not, uh, the jury's still out on how Brett, Brent Venables is going to fare as the CEO uh, of the Sooners program. You know, I like Venables. They're, I like him as a person. I like him as a coach. I like his energy, his fire, his spirit. Uh, he's fairly uh, been held as one of the sport's elite defensive coordinators over the past decade. But I've been doing this a long time, and the college football landscape is strewn with can't-miss head coaches who were wildly successful as coordinators but did just that, failed when given the keys to a major program. So time will tell. I'm not saying he's going to fail, but I'm just going to say it's not automatic that he's going to be successful. You know, just like it's not automatic uh, that Dan Lanning's going to be successful uh, at Oregon. Uh, and although some people, again, in Baton Rouge think that Brian Kelly's a, a huge upgrade, and maybe he is, but it's not automatic that Brian Kelly's going to have big results uh, there in Baton Rouge for LSU. These head coaching jobs, man, they're crazy. I mean, it, sometimes you, it, there's no rhyme or reason to it. And whether you like him or you don't like him, because I know he's a polarizing figure in college football, I oftentimes refer to Jim Harbaugh. This guy came up, he was the head coach at the University of San Diego. Not San Diego State, but the University of San Diego uh, had tremendous success there. Got the, the Stanford job, had tremendous success there. Uh, then he was hired, I believe, by the – and I'm just not an NFL guy. I think he went to the 49ers, had uh, tremendous success in there, or had some success anyway in the NFL. But this guy was – really successful each step of the way, nothing but success. And then he goes to the University of Michigan. Uh, and last year, you know, he had to take a pay cut, I think, to keep his job in 2021. I think if he would have lost Ohio State again, he probably would have got fired. Uh, as fate had it, you know, the Wolverines made the college football playoff and he uh, lived to fight another day. But, man, it is tough to project how a guy's going to do. Even a guy with head coaching experience – when they go to a new situation, to a new set of circumstances. And sometimes there's just variance, you know. You uh, you get the breaks at one place, and those those breaks go against you uh, at another place. You know, I think a lot of people four months ago, and still today they are being critical, but Steve Sarkeesian at the University of Texas, I think whether he's a big-time quarterback, the number one or number two recruit in the nation or not, uh, Arch Manning, I think he's going to define – the success that I believe Steve Sarkeesian's about to have at the University of Texas. And it's not so much what Manning's going to do on the field, but how he has resurrected uh, the Longhorns recruiting. I mean, they are beating regularly uh, people who have been beating them, uh, with rare exception over the last few years. Teams like Alabama and, and LSU and Georgia and those types of teams, the Longhorns are winning the majority of those battles right now. And I think uh, Steve Sarkeesian – might end up having a run at Austin. Uh, and I think much of it, if it does happen, and time will tell, but it will be due to Arch Manning uh, committing and playing at the University of Texas uh, for Steve Sarkeesian. But these head coaching jobs, again, very difficult to determine uh, how they're going to turn out. Riley obviously took a lot of talent with him uh, when he went west to Los Angeles. The Sooners' offense clearly won't be as prolific. So looking at that conference, the Big 12, Texas, Baylor, Oklahoma State all have possibilities, uh, but they all have question marks as well. 
Uh, Kansas State, they won't win the league, but I think they'll have a say in who does win the league. Very difficult to pick a winner in this conference. Uh, if I had to, forced to make a pick, I'll take Texas, and I do that knowing it's never a good idea to be exalting the Longhorns in the dog days of July. Uh, it is a program that, since playing Alabama for the national championship in 2009, has uh, almost yearly uh, failed to meet its preseason projection, but I'll still uh, take Texas uh, to, to win the conference if forced to make a pick, not with great confidence, but that's going to be a really interesting race uh, there in the Big 12. Looking at the Pac-12 here real quick, we're not going to take too much more of your time, probably about five or six more minutes if you can hang on. I'm going to give a selection in the PGA Tours Rocket Mortgage Classic, which begins tomorrow, Thursday, July 28th, here in a few minutes. But looking at the Pac-12, we've talked about them a little bit, but USC, the flavor of the summer in the Pac-12. And like the Longhorns, uh, the Trojans have an offense uh, that could light up scoreboards in the western skies. But also, like the Longhorns, USC has issues on the offensive line and has to repair uh, quite a few leaks in a defense that has allowed 30 or more points to 11 of its last 16 conference opponents. Looking at their schedule, I think a September 17th home date against Mountain West Conference co-favorite Fresno State. And then the next week, a road trip to Corvallis that following Saturday. I think that two-game set, I think it's a little tricky. I'm, I'm feeling a possible split there uh, at home against Fresno and on the road at Oregon State. We'll see how that turns out. I want to give a quick plug to my uh, service before we go to this week's selection, full tournament matchup selection on the PGA Tour. Paul Stone Sports, uh, $4.99 for my full-season college football package. Uh, from the opening games all the way to the national championship game in January. I've already released a handful of week one games, both sides and totals. I've hit 56% against the spread the last seven years collectively as monitored by the highly respected The Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Uh, don't take my word for it. Please don't. You can go to the uh, sportsmonitor.com. And you can see my results. It's free. You can navigate the site, uh, see uh, not only my results and my records for regular season and bowls each season, but you can see the games that I selected as well and how those turned out. So feel free to go there to the Sports Monitor site and see my selections as well as many others uh, who are brave enough to be independently monitored by the Sports Monitor. So uh, if you're interested, please go to paulstonesports.org. Again, that's paulstonesports.org. So we're going to do real quickly here a full tournament matchup in this week's Rocket Mortgage Classic. And uh, this, this matchup, the first golfer tees off at 6.40 a.m. Central, I believe, tomorrow, Thursday, July 28th. So you're gonna, it's going to be a bonus for those true early birds uh, who listen to the podcast as soon as it becomes available. But I'm going to look to a full tournament matchup pitting uh, Pepperdine uh, golfer, former Pepperdine golfer, Sahith Thigala against former U.S. Open champion Gary Woodland. I believe Woodland won the U.S. Open uh, back in 2019. But uh, Thigala is a guy who comes in here with real good form, 
Uh, he missed the cut. I, I say he comes in good form. He did miss the cut in the 3M Open, uh, but he finished tied for 34th uh, in the Open Championship, was tied for 16th before that at the John Deere, actually tied for second at the Travelers Championship, and a few weeks before that, tied for fifth at the Memorial. Woodland not playing that well, really not at the top of his game right now. Uh, I made the Gala close to a minus-130 favorite. Uh, but I'm seeing the gala at just minus 105 over Gary Woodland as I record in that full tournament matchup. So my uh, comp play this week, my recommendation, take in a full tournament matchup in the Rocket Mortgage Classic, Sahith the gala minus 105 over Gary Woodland. Well, thanks again for listening. Again, uh, be safe. Summer's drawing to a near, uh, to a to a close, or drawing near to a close. However, I should have said that, but you get the drift. Be safe out there if you're still vacationing or still have a vacation uh, planned before the end of the summer. Enjoy yourself. Uh, be kind to others. Don't drive too crazy. It's getting crazy on the roads wherever you drive. Man, it's like a like a survival contest. So be defensive. Uh, be rested uh, and be safe. Appreciate you listening. Those who have listened from the beginning, those who are listening for the first time, I appreciate you spending your time with me for these 20, 25, 30 minutes. Until next week, signing off, I'm Paul Stone. Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And visit paulstonesports.org to sign up for member-only access to Paul's college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf picks and predictions.